Hello everybody, it's Kevin from the Ninja Turtle Nerds, and I want to tell you all about our new podcast, Nintendo Therapy. So if you've been listening to our Ninja Turtle Nerds podcast, you know, Sean and I, we love talking about Nintendo. And last year we tried doing a Patreon exclusive for our Ninja Turtle podcast as sort of an experiment to just kind of see how that type of thing works. And during that time, we were recording and thinking of different things to do for those bonus episodes, we kind of discovered that one of the things we love to talk about and something we should pursue into doing a show is that we love talking about Nintendo. So what we're hoping that this show will be is a weekly show where we talk about current Nintendo news, any rumors that are circulating at the time, any new releases that are going on, uh, anything interesting with Nintendo, basically. And at the same time, we're also going to be sprinkling in talk about all the things from Nintendo's past that we like. So we'll probably do like top 10 lists of like favorite Zelda dungeons or favorite video game box art, stuff like that. The podcast, it's just going to be a celebration of Nintendo. Like the name implies, we notice that Nintendo is basically therapy for us. So it's going to be a celebration of how much we love Nintendo and just just an excuse for us to get together and talk about what's going on. This upload that you're currently listening to, it's not technically an episode of Nintendo Therapy. What this is, is it's an episode of our Patreon show where we had the idea for Nintendo Therapy. So I figured I'd upload it to this feed as kind of a pilot episode. This is the recording that led to us starting this podcast. So I figured it could, you know, sit at the bottom of our feed forever. <laughs> and since we don't have our actual first episode yet, it's something to get the show started. So I hope you enjoy our Nintendo talk here. And I hope you hit subscribe so you can hear us when we drop our actual first episode about a week from now. So without any further ado, Here's an old bonus episode of the Ninja Turtle Nerds that led to the creation of Nintendo Therapy. And how's your Nintendo week going, buddy? Uh, I, we're between I mean, Sonic Front... As we record this, we're between Sonic Frontiers and Pokemon. We're right in the middle. Yeah, I forgot about Sonic, but I was never going to play that, so... <laughs> I watched a lot of reviews. I think I'm going to get it eventually. And like when it's on sale. Yeah. But the funny thing about Frontiers is I haven't played it. I watched a lot of reviews, like I just said. And the thing that's funny to me is some of the zones look very Sonic. Like they look straight out of the Sega Genesis Sonic games. Yeah. But some of the zones look like somebody did like a Sonic mod on like... like I don't know, Xenoblade or something. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. they modded Sonic into a different game. He looks like so out of place to me in some of those environments. Yeah, I watched some videos on it. It just doesn't interest me. I've never really been big on Sonic, but no, I've been gearing up for Pokemon because it's going to be my first foray into it. And uh, I, I like what I've seen so far. It, it seems that the beginning is very Breath of the Wild. Like, great plateau like there's a couple things you have to do first and then everything opens up yeah a lot of people have already played a bunch of it because they illegally either pirated it or obtained physical copies ahead of schedule 
and I've I've seen that all over the internet and you're going to be encountering uh, trainers with some high-level Pokemon day one. Just be prepared for that. Just like every other time they put out one of these games. Yeah, I, so I like the structure. I like how that's set up. And uh, like I was telling you, so I guess the legendary Pokemon you get pretty early on. But what you do is you can upgrade it through the game. Which I assume is the different modes of traversal. I don't know if it does anything else. Like if you can use it in battles and stuff. So that's kind of hmm. cool. And uh, yeah, I guess we're going to be in different schools. Yeah, you and I are getting different versions so that we can have the the true Pokemon experience. But uh, there, there's raid battles I guess we can do together to get the special crystallized Pokemon. I... I can't keep track of like all the terms and stuff but i mean there's well, some yeah, goofy I, I told stuff. you i only played the first one so it's all new to me as well there's yeah. not the, the, i'm pretty sure the first one is like it's the bare bones of what pokemon is today there's almost everything is different and that's going to be interesting to me because uh like i i feel like from everything i've heard that previous one are, are curious i don't know how to pronounce it a curious uh, I think I'm going to end up going back and doing that one. And I might even do the Pikachu one that was basically a, a remake of the first game. I'll probably end up, you know, within the next couple of years, end up buying... I'm going to snowball because you know I obsess. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is going to be the gateway drug that gets me back into Pokemon. I can see it already. I even mean, if there's... this game is bad, it's going to make oh, me yeah. be like, well, yeah. well, let me see if the other one's good. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you'll own all 12 by the end of the Switch's cycle. But yeah, yeah, I think you and I are in a perfect position to play it because all the negative comments I've seen in reviews don't apply to us because we haven't played enough of them to be like, oh, they changed that or, you know, yeah, like it's all new. <laughs> or we're getting sick of this by now and it's like, I'm not sick of it. This is my first time back. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm excited to dive into that this weekend. It's got great pre-order numbers, I read. Like, it's, it might be the highest for any Pokemon game. I should have done more research coming into this podcast, but when when this is a real podcast, I'll have my numbers in front of me. Yeah, so I I don't know. There's some weird stuff about it, like the having picnics with your Pokemon and making them sandwiches. Yeah, I heard something about, like, if you have the other Pokemon games on your Switch, you get, like, a different skin for your, like, PDA or phone or whatever it is you get in the game. You can, like, choose that. I think I think some of that data syncs up. I know that they're going to have a way where this game connects to uh, Pokemon Go, which makes me want to download that now and get back into it, which I didn't play that. I haven't played that since it first launched. Like, I played it, like, the first couple of weeks. Yeah. No, I never get into that either, but... The thing that's funny to me is, other than, like, Pikachu and the handful I know from, like, watching the show, they're all new Pokemon to me. These could be yeah, from exactly. six <laughs> games ago, and I'm not gonna know. Like, <laughs> Well, the thing is, I know people complain that, you know, the newer games don't have every single Pokemon ever, like, able to come into the game. But to me, that kind of just makes the ones that aren't in there more special. And like you look forward to the next time they will show up. So 
I don't know. It doesn't need to have everything every time for me. I feel like that would be beyond unmanageable, especially for you who has to collect them all. <laughs> well, there, I, from what I understand, there are people who, and this isn't the first generation that did this, but like they literally have these Pokemon for years and carry them through several different games and, and compete in tournaments with them and stuff, and they don't like when they hit a wall and suddenly can't use that team anymore. Which is understandable, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's the rules to this new game. Every game is a new game, and every new game has new rules. Yeah, so... What else? Is, oh, the, you, you have to do gym challenges. I thought that was interesting. What do you mean? Like, bef I don't know if it's before you can face the gym leader... But there's like little like, oh, you got to go do some random thing. So I, I like that they added some differences in there. And uh, nice. Again, something I haven't experienced. I guess the upgrades or the items you craft are only one time use, which they haven't done in a while. So it's kind of like how the weapons break in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's similar to that. And then... Uh, Everything comes back to Breath of the Wild. I feel like they built so much off of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a huge game. I, to tell you the truth, I'm still playing it. Like, uh, this week, I started um, I started my file back up. And even though I've gotten all 900 Koroks, and I've gotten... I've beaten all the DLC, and I got my little motorcycle, uh, I haven't leveled up all my armor. So, like, I started playing that for a while, just, like, finding... The shooting stars are so hard to find, but, like, just working on finding the stuff to upgrade my armor. That that game just never ends. It's so much fun. Honestly, the Switch might have... That might be the best game on the Switch, and it's funny because it was the launch title for it. So, but, but still, that might be the game that I've played the most. Maybe Stardew Valley, but... It's definitely the Nintendo game I've played the most. Yeah, so Tears of the Kingdom. I'm I'm curious on that. I, I think I think if it's got co op, that's a day one for me. If not, I'll wait for the, you know, two cent sale. Well, every that brings me into this other thing I made a note about where I thought a good thing to do on this show would be to talk about like our history with Nintendo and why we wanted to do a Nintendo podcast, which we'll probably eventually end up re-saying all of this when we make it a, a real podcast and do our actual first episode. But whatever, our Patreons here can get a first listen. Um, well, that that one goes thing, into Breath of the Wild because you that's a launch game and you're still playing it. And I find Nintendo consoles like I'll go back and play that stuff. Again, well, that's that's kind of in my notes here too about what I like about Nintendo is every now and then I think to myself because you know we're adults and life gets busy, so every now and then a couple of times a year I'll have this thought where I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do any new video game franchises. I'm just going to like pick a few and focus on them, and then when I have time in my schedule to play video games, I'll devote it to them. Yeah, and every single time it's. All Nintendo franchises that I think of. So there's Zelda. I can't not play every Zelda game. I've played them all up to this point. I love Zelda. Like like you know, Zelda's in my blood. Got to do the Zelda. And then 
you know, probably cut it down. There's Mario. Mario's its own, like, its own company almost altogether. Yeah. Like, it's like you got Paper Mario, you got Side Scrolling Mario, 3D Mario, uh, Ma- Paper. Did I say Paper Mario? Yeah. You got um, uh, Mario Party, you got Mario Tennis, you got so many Mario Kart. So it's like its own subgenre. But yeah, so that that's one thing I love about Nintendo is every time I think to myself, you know what? I really need to focus my video game playing because I can't just waste time and money everywhere. And every time I think of that, I'm like, you know what? It always comes back to Nintendo because their franchises are the ones that I feel like have maintained quality the longest. Like, Look at a lot of the other systems franchises that we grew up with. A lot of them aren't around anymore. You know, and they make memes about how the developers, you've seen that meme where like the kids drowning in the pool. Oh, yeah. And then like there's like the skeletons underneath the water. And it's different logos every time, but the basic gist of the meme is all these franchises that we grew up with just aren't around anymore, but all the Nintendo ones stay strong. Yeah, there's very, very few of their franchises, you know, because, yeah, there hasn't been an F-Zero game in a million years, and I know people want it. But at least there was one on the GameCube. <laughs> like, th- there's some PlayStation franchises that haven't had a new game since, like, PlayStation 2. Well, I guess well, what that would be the GameCube gen. Never mind. <laughs> Wipe that. Well, no, when Ratchet and Clank came back, I was surprised by that. Yeah, and... Jack and Daxter, I'm sure, are on the way like because of the success of that. But that's the thing, too. Like, y- you associate Spyro... Metal and- Gear got run into the ground. Yeah. Uh, what are what are some other franchises that disappeared? Tomb Raider. You and I have talked about how I got into Tomb Raider this year. Yeah. They've been ignoring that franchise. And I know, like, the developers had some changes and stuff, but yeah, say still, they just, it's weird. They just sold it. Uh, everybody talks about how they don't make enough Mega Man games. You know, I mean, I guess that's kind of a Nintendo thing, but we know it's Capcom. But Mega Man always belongs on Nintendo in my mind. Yeah, I get. I was thinking about that too. Like, I associate Turtles with Nintendo. Yeah, that too. But there's other stuff like Crash and Spyro. You always associate it with PlayStation, so it's weird that they're yep. on every platform now. And yep. then you have stuff like Sly Clooper, Sonic. That they just, <laughs> for whatever reason, won't make anymore. I feel like you could make an amazing Sly Cooper game now. I have that trilogy on my PlayStation, and I only ever finished the first one because it got very repetitive for me. But I'm sure, I'm sure, if I gave it another go around, I could just start at the second game and have a full forty-hour game there for me. But yeah, it's. It's interesting to me because I know mascots and, like, I guess exclusivity isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Because Nintendo's really the only ones who've maintained it. And part of it, part of my love for Nintendo is definitely nostalgia driven, too, because most of my core, like, when I think of, like, the memories I have about, like, video gaming, it's always Nintendo. Like, I remember when my grandmother gave me my Super Nintendo one summer. Like, that's a memory for me. I remember the... I always say the Christmas I got my Nintendo 64 was, like, my favorite Christmas. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I don't remember getting my original NES, but I remember lots of times playing it, like with the kids in my neighborhood, and like tr- trading. I think we told this on Ninja Turtle Nerds is we would trade games back and forth and speaking of Mega Man that was one thing we kind of organized in the neighborhood it's like okay you have Mega Man 2 you have Mega Man 3 I'll ask for Mega Man 4 yeah. and then we'll all, we'll be able to play the whole series um so yeah I, like and then obviously Pokemon I told you I played the first one uh, our friend Nick uh played that with me and I have great memories of trading and getting the whole 150 on there we replayed the intro six times so we could each have all three starters yeah uh what what, I think what else do i have for nintendo that's like, the thing like, too. And, uh, you remember in high school we used to get together every weekend and play smash brothers and and stuff on the nintendo 64 yeah perfect so, dark it's just like i've always had playstation system as like the secondary system but it's always been Nintendo number one for me. Like they've always, they've just, they're like the Disney of video games in my yeah. mind. There's just that extra shine to it. Yeah, because I've that's always been my number one, and then I, at least the past few console generations, kind of jump between the other two. Because usually yeah. it's, you know, PS4 had Bloodborne, so that that sold me on that. Xbox 360 seemed to have like a crazy library, so that's why I went with that. The thing with Xbox is they've never had an exclusive that, and it's funny because this is kind of the thing that's trending on Twitter right now. Is have you seen that thing where they're like Xbox hasn't had an exclusive nominated for Game of the Year in the last ten years? And I'm it's like, been yeah, that they long. Tend to not have a lot of exclusives because the whole reason I haven't owned an Xbox ever is there's never been a game that I'm like, the only way I can play that game is on Xbox that I want to play. Like, obviously, I know those games exist, but I don't care about Halo. And all the games I do care about are on PlayStation, so I don't need an Xbox. But hopefully someday they get it together and make a game that makes me want to buy an Xbox because I'd love to like I'd love to have all three systems. The last time I, ha- I was a three-system house was when I had Dreamcast, PS2, and GameCube. <laughs> yeah. I I think th- with the companies they've bought who are going to be exclusive, they might finally have some stuff again. But yeah, I played Halo 1. That was it. I never got into those. Gears of War. It's funny. I, played, I remember but... hating the controls of Halo, and they've eventually become what every first-person shooter controls like now. Yeah. And I specifically remember playing that first one and being like, oh, I hate this. I hate the dual analog stick thing. And I was so used to, like, GoldenEye and stuff. I think the other thing with Nintendo with the exclusivity, too, but, again, it's it's changed so much. But I remember, like, on GameCube, Soul Calibur 2 got Link. And it's like, well, that that's the coolest exclusive character for that game yep you know so i've always gravitated towards that too but it's replayability and playing with other people are like the two core things with nintendo for me yep nintendo seems to be the only one who still supports couch co-op with games like mario party and stuff yeah they're the only ones who still want you to make that a thing 
Because I like that the Switch, you can, you know, everyone's got their Switch, you can all play in the same room together. You don't have to be Mm -hmm. online. So I I like that element to it. But I mean, yeah, there's drawbacks because graphics and power-wise, they're usually behind, but I... There's I would a, argue those don't even matter, though. But like, that's, the gameplay is the most important thing. That's the thing. thing. Like, you know, Tetris doesn't have a story. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of the best games of all time. Uh, Tetris doesn't have great graphics. <laughs> but, uh, like, like the, if the game is fun to play, it's fun to play. It yeah. And look at, look at the market retro gaming has. That's more proof that that stuff doesn't matter because... There's people out there who exclusively just play retro games, and they they're happy. Just released an Atari collection for their 50th anniversary that's got like 100 I plus games. I saw that, and it looks cool because it's like half game, half documentary. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. So It's got like all this documentary footage on it that you like, that like somehow seamlessly in, like interacts with the game or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to check it out more, but yeah, that looked cool. I feel like they release that collection every five years. <laughs> They're like, all right, it's the five-year anniversary. It's the 10-year anniversary, yeah. the 15-year anniversary. It's the same Atari games that just keep coming out in the same collection. Like those, the other one is like arcade classics they'll put out, which is the same arcade games over and over again. Sega does it a lot, too. Oh, yeah, yep. Wish Nintendo would do it more, but they know the value of their stuff. And that, you know, again, that's the downside, like... Breath of the Wild probably won't go down in price until Tears of the Kingdom's been out for two years. (laughs) Well, uh, I don't want to butcher the man's name, so I'm not going to say his name. But uh, that's the thing that people are talking about right now is somebody who used to work for Nintendo, who basically knows the business really well, uh, was basically saying that everyone complains about the cost of Nintendo games, but... They're actually underpriced. Like he was talking about how the industry needs to start raising their prices soon because he said in the video, Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild were both $60 when they released. And think of how much time passed between Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild. It's insane that they're still at the same price point. And look at what PlayStation's doing is they have their $70 games now, so... I'm not saying Nintendo is going to start making their games $70. I'm just saying, like, the, the price point is, is what it is. You know, you brought up something about it being 60 bucks, and I'm like, yeah, and that's a, that's a deal. It's just funny to me that, you know, <laughs> eventually they'll have a greatest hits or whatever. I think they've done that almost every system. Player's choice, whatever it is they do. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, and yeah. They put, like, a border around the box art and release yeah. it. They just do it way, way later than everyone else. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's that and, like, I still to this day I think the Super Star Wars trilogy is, like, the best movie adaptation games ever. Oh, yeah. And that was exclusive. Yeah, now that you mention it, it's weird that they didn't put out, like, a, a Zelda... Breath of the Wild, like, with the DLC included. Right. You know, usually when a game's this old at this point, they throw the DLC in for free as, like, an incentive. Like, hey, go yeah. get this. But that's, you know, I don't know. Like, it's weird to think that 
those Star Wars games were exclusive to Nintendo. And Sega didn't have any at the time. So That's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, Sega. I never thought of that. But yeah, there were no Star Wars games on Sega that I know of. Let us know if there were. I think... I, I don't think Sega's ever made a Star Wars game, honestly. No, there were on the... Um, I mean, there were... There was definitely a game on the Sega CD. Yeah. There was a Star Wars game, but not on the regular. I don't think on the, and I think the, oh, I think the 32X as well, but the regular just Genesis, not CD, not 32X, I don't think had a Star Wars game. Did the Dreamcast? That I don't know. They didn't have a lot of games. They're like the second smallest library after the Nintendo 64. Really? Wow. Yeah, there's only like in North America, there's like about 300 games total for that system. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so well, you, you think of how different things were back then, man. Yeah, like there weren't true. like so many indie developers, you know? There there was like like three games came out a month, if that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like three games come out a week, which I kind of miss those days, honestly. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, because then you could have a video game magazine and cover everything that's coming out this month in 20 pages. So you wanted to do the top five favorite Mario games, huh? I thought it was, no, not top five, just your favorite Mario games. Well, I that's thought what that I mean, fitting your favorites. For a, for a little trial run of this podcast uh, talking about Nintendo before we find other people to do this show with and include them. Uh, yeah, our, our favorite Mario games. So I figure we'll just go back and forth, each one. Yeah. I mean, even if we have repeats, we'll just keep talking about the game. <laughs> um, you want to go first? What's your number five? So I, I didn't think I would put one, but Mario Clash from Virtual Boy. What? <laughs> So it was like a 3D version of the Super Mario Brothers like arcade game with the platforms. No, yeah, I remember it. But why is that on your list of top five Mario games? I just remember playing a lot of it and really liking it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a fun I, game. You know I have love for the Virtual Boy more than most people do. Like I have fond memories of that system, but I think... One of the key failings of that system is, look at that game. That game look, is begging to have like a multiplayer yeah. uh, feature, which they did say they were planning eventually for the Virtual Boy. It was going to have a little connector cable like the Game Boy had at the time, but it never happened. None of the games had multiplayer. And that's the biggest failing of the Virtual Boy is how antisocial playing one of those is because... Any other system, when you have friends over, they can, when it's not their turn, at least see you playing the game. Yeah. You know, and like get in on cheering you on or be like, oh, go over there, do this, do that. You can't do that with the Virtual Boy. It's a completely solitary experience. I'm kept, well, Even I, with modern VR, like PlayStation VR, yeah, the, the, you could the headset see it on the that TV. switched it. Um, 
you see it on the TV if yeah. you're if you're hanging out with a friend. But I don't know. I just I enjoyed that, and again, that came down to gameplay. It's a very well, that simple is crazy game and <laughs> crazy I, to me that that's on there. But I mean, it's your list. God bless you. <laughs> I love the ver- and I feel like that's gonna make take away from my love of Virtual Boy here because I I can't stress enough. I love the Virtual Boy. I still play Virtual Boy games. Uh, I've I've got them on a that few I emulators. Do not. I used to want to get another Virtual Boy, but then like collectors market took over, and now it's like two hundred bucks to get a Virtual Boy. I'm like, oh, I should have got one when they were like twenty bucks. God, I missed the opportunity. I'm gonna say you, but you, you could get a switch, the small switch for that. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they're a collector's item now. Collectors market. The internet ruined collecting. <laughs> a bit, yeah. So my number five. <laughs> and probably only because it's so recent. This may climb my list someday. But my number five is Mario Odyssey. It's on and my list, but okay. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. Like I, I th- honestly think it'll end up climbing the list at some point, but I'm like, you know what? It's still recent enough where I don't want to go too crazy with its ranking. And it's one of the only one of those 3D, whatever you want to categorize them as, Mario games that I haven't 100% completed yet. It's on my to-do list. I do plan to try and get all those moons at some point. I just haven't done it yet. I know the race ones are difficult as heck, but uh, I've I've done harder, I think. <laughs> I liked Odyssey because it had a good gimmick. Yeah, the the gimmick is fun. The the the, the hat swapping of the powers. Uh, it's funny. It it never occurred to me until just the other day. And how long has it been out? Like years. Uh, that might have also been a launch year game. Yeah, and just the other day it occurred to me. I was like, you know what? That's a lot like Majora's Mask when you put on the different masks and get the different abilities. Oh yeah. But. I also love the whole changing his clothes thing and, like, you can customize his outfit. Like, I hope there's another Mario game that does that someday. I'm still upset that the only Mario Party game where they wear costumes is Mario Party 2. Like, I thought that was so cool. Bring that back. Like, I love seeing these characters play dress-up. So, Mario Odyssey would be my my number three I just liked the gameplay, like, just how varied it was, like, doing those 2D sections in the middle of 3D worlds. Like, that was really cool. Um, yeah, the soundtrack is amazing, too. That New Donk it's got City. That song in the middle. That whole section. It. Yeah, but when you're, <laughs> you're going through, like, it's you're playing Donkey Kong. Like, that whole thing Yeah, that's amazing. an amazing moment. So I really liked it, and it's... I love when you travel on the wires, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When you're a little electric guy. But that, unlike a Mario 64 or something, I mean, I haven't got all the moons either, but I got a lot of them. And it was just fun because, like, some of it was just silly stuff like, oh, you threw your hat at this particular rabbit. Here's a star, you know, a moon or whatever. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. 
that didn't work for me in Galaxy. I, I talked to you about this recently. Is I feel like in Galaxy, some of the stars are so easy that it makes the stars seem less special than they do in like a Mario 64 or the shines in Sunshine. Because some of the stars in Galaxy, you literally can enter the level and get the star within like 40 seconds, like under a minute. <laughs> and it, it makes them seem less special. But for some reason in Odyssey, probably because you don't have to leave the level. Yeah. It it doesn't feel less special just getting moon after moon after moon after moon. Also because there's so many of them. I think maybe that's it. Maybe combining the fact that you can get the star quickly and there's only like six of them per world is is what detracts from their value in uh in galaxy to me i don't i know that's some people's favorite mario but well since you brought it up that's my number four is the first mario okay galaxy. well there you go <laughs> but uh, again it's just galaxy one or two because everyone says two's better no i like one better two okay i don't know two two controls really wonky i i'm not against motion controls but sometimes they've gotten too like attached to it yeah, I, I, I could see that. Definitely some games more than others. But Galaxy, basically the thing that puts it in the top five is I just like the gravity mechanic. I will say for motion controls, though, the best use of them, please don't ever stop this, Nintendo, is when they help you aim. Like, like for example, when you're shooting the bow and arrow in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It helps so much to just be able to make that little adjustment with the motion controls that would, like, little tiny adjustments like that are hard to do on an analog stick, you know? Yeah, so I would say Galaxy. That, that's the best use of motion controls to me is when it's subtle but improves the experience, like, tenfold. Galaxy's got some good motion control sections. Like, I like the ball balancing yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, th those are fun, and they're not frustrating, and I don't know. I just, I like... I'm really good at that one, too. The the ball balance thing yeah. where you get the golf course, basically. I'm really good at that level. So, and, uh, I like that. I have? But, I mean, yeah, it it's not as good as Odyssey. Like, you can definitely see where Odyssey kind of germinates from Galaxy. I think the 3D... Mario, what are they called? Uh, Mario 3D World. Oh, All Stars. Oh no, 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 no. 3D World. Yeah, 3D World. 3D World, and then the the one on Switch was called like 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, mm -hmm. which I still have yet to play. So some games aren't on my list just because I haven't played them yet. <laughs> like that's one of them. But uh, but yeah, I think Galaxy led to a lot of what 3D World is like, where it's a lot of small yeah like each each world in 3d world is like a planet in galaxy yep it's like a little tiny environment there's not a lot of exploring you need to do you just figure out how to get from point a to point b and i think the other thing i really liked in galaxy is it has some of the best power-ups i'm trying to think of the power-ups you got like you could be the I spring love the ice flower which went into a lot of things i love skating on the water 
yeah with that that's that's great the drill uh, thing is cool when you're going through like planets i don't think that's in the first one i can't think of the drill thing i thought it was in the first one but no yeah, i don't it, think it is and i haven't played two in forever so it's probably in the first one i mean probably in the second one <laughs> but yeah i don't know i I have yet to go back and replay at Galaxy, but it's I just the remember. Bumblebee. Oh yeah, the Bumblebee. That was a pretty good suit. And the cloud. No, the second one's got the cloud. So my number four is a game I keep recommending to you. Super Mario Land Two: The Six Golden Coins. Oh, I thought that'd be and higher. I, I can admit it's it's only in this top five out of nostalgia and the reason it's not higher because i do have a lot of nostalgia (laughs) is it's a very short game just like the other mario game game boy games i mean game boy games in general so it's very short and it's very easy there's not a lot of difficulty so that keeps it from ranking higher but there's just something about it man that game it feels like home like it's so like the music in it hasn't been reused a lot Mm -hmm. so when you hear it it it, it's specific to that game and just the sound effects the power-ups haven't been reused a lot like everything about that game is very specific to that game yeah so when you play it you're getting a mario experience you don't get anywhere else including in the mario land series because the next game in in the series made Wario the main character. And then the first one is like nothing like this one. So yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. I play through it at least a couple of times a year. There's, I, I remember playing it in the car on my game boy and just like how good it feels when you finish a world and see that coin go into the little coin slot and you know, you only have five more coins to get four more coins to get. And yeah, I remember also back in the days of Nintendo Power, it was like at the top of the rankings for best Game Boy game for a long time. So had some staying power. So my number two is the original Super Mario Kart. Because I just played so much of it and had so much fun and it's still the best. I've said before, I think that's my favorite Mario Kart. People people call me crazy for that, and they call me crazy for uh, melee is my favorite Smash. That's my I think favorite they Smash. The second too. one, yeah, and even that one I think because the reason is I think the franchise went on to get too many characters, and even melee, I'm like yeah, I could lose a couple of these characters. <laughs> but yeah, the original Mario Kart. I don't know. I, it's probably one of the games I've played the most. It has the best battle mode, even though it's only one on one. Yeah, I love uh, that game. It took forever for the feather to come back. I don't think that came back till eight. But I, I the just coins re- too. Yeah, the coins. I think seven might have been when they brought that back. But I don't know. I just remember it was challenging. It felt really good to get good at it. And there was just mm-hmm. like that. I gotta beat all the cups all with all eight characters and get first place. And I'm never gonna forget. Nick and I loved Mario Kart so much that we designed a sequel. And we called it 
all-star Mario Kart, and it was basically like Smash Brothers, but as Mario Kart. Like it had like Link and Mega Man. Oh, okay. And I don't remember who else, but like it, it was like all the other all the other video game franchise people in the game. And then on paper, we literally like designed different tracks. And we came up with different power-ups. I remember one of them was like two shells, two Koopa shells that would like go kind of back and forth. Oh, you know, like they would close in on you, but they would they would stay in one part of the track. Yeah, yeah. Kind of operate as like a a closing door type thing. That's cool. Um, yeah, we we went crazy with that. I I still think it's got the best soundtrack of any of the Mario Karts. It's got the gophers. Yep. Gotta love the gophers. <laughs> and, like, figure it... I I guess that's what it was, too, is that was one of the games where I learned you could kind of just make your own thing up in a game. So, like, I was like, oh, you can use the feather to, like, bypass parts of the track. So it was just cool, like, figuring all that stuff out. Yep. Finding shortcuts. Thinking your way through. My number three... I think I'm on. Yeah, three is God. These these next three, all of them could have been number one. <laughs> but my my number three is Super Mario World. Okay, on the Super Nintendo. Uh, one thing people talk about a lot with Super Mario World is, you know, it's it's they'll say like it's one of the first games they ever played and blah blah blah. What I remember is it's one of the first games that I played that had that amount of secret content in it. Yeah. That, like, wasn't made-up playground nonsense. Like, a lot of times you hear, like, oh, if you do this, and then you go and you try it, and it's it's it was BS. Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. real. It was, like, some playground rumor. But, like, all the secret exits to the levels... There's that secret star world. Yep. And on top of the secret star world, there's a special world. And... It's got a lot of other Easter eggs, too. Like, there's that level where the the sections of the level change depending on what you have when you go into the pipe. Oh, yeah. So you get, like, different sections. It's in uh, Donut Land, I think, or Dino something. Uh, it's the one with the fire-breathing dinosaurs. Oh, Ch- and Choco Land? Choco Island? That's it, yeah. And so... It's like if you have so if you have like this many coins and you go in the pipe, you get a different section. If you have this much time on the timer, you get a different section. So it just had so many secrets and secret exits to the the worlds and like secret zones and just so I don't know. This that's what I love about that game is it's one of those ones where you carry that knowledge with you for the rest of your life and you're just like, I know how to find all the stuff in Super Mario World. Like it's like almost like a badge of honor, you know? Yeah, to the point where other people play it and you're like, Oh no, no, you missed a thing and they're like, What? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yep. So what's your number two? Number two and again, any of these top three could have been my number one. I love them all so much. Mario 64 was what oh, I wow. put number two. I thought that was going to be up at the top. I lo- It was hard to choose between my top two, but you know my love for Mario 64, and it's not an uncommon thing. There's plenty of people on the internet who say it's their favorite game of all time. It's probably in my top ten, probably in my top five. I think and- you're all crazy. 
<laughs> it's like a comfort game for me. I, I can't even count how many times I've gotten all 120 stars. At least as many times as they've released the game. Because every time they've put it out, I've gotten all 120 stars on the Wii, on the, the Switch, on the original Nintendo 64. I got, a, I got them multiple times. And... Yeah, it's just such a nostalgia bomb for me. That was the game I got with that Nintendo 64 that Christmas I talked about. Yeah. I remember it was one of the first games where I would just stand and and look at the level <laughs> and be like, you know, just take in like this is what a 3D environment, a video. Like people ask that question, if you could go back in time and replay a game for the first time, what would it be? Yeah. I was thinking about that today, and I'm like, I think I'd pick Mario 64 because words can't explain how much that blew my mind. Even more than Ocarina of Time, even more than, like, even my number one pick on this list, It's it just blew my mind just being in a 3D environment and... I know you didn't play it till a little later, so maybe that's why you don't have all these feelings. No, for it, no, I played it when it came out, but I was terrible at it. <laughs> to me, I played it and I was like, this is the future. <laughs> like, I was like, this is what video games are going to build off of. And they did, really. You can look at its influence. It, you know, the next Crash game had 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 uh, portals just yeah. like the paintings. Yeah. Uh, the, like... Pretty much every platformer had a hub world from there on out where you had to, like, go into the zone, like, through some... Because I remember Gex enter the Gecko. Yep, they did that. Did the same thing. You went in the TV um, yep. instead of a painting. No, I, I understand the importance of Mario 64, and I did play through it, though I will never get all 120 stars because... Apparently, it would kill them to have made it so you could control the camera better in 3D All-Stars. And it's just... That game just felt like I was in a fight the whole time. <laughs> That's so funny because to me... See, you, you have a very adversarial relationship with it. Whereas to me, that game is the definition of Nintendo therapy. Like, I could literally, if I'm having a bad day, put on Mario 64... You just be like, all right, I'm in my zone. This is my zen. This is my center. <laughs> Mario 64 lives there. Well, it's probably a better experience then, but... <laughs> so where are we on your list? We're at number one, actually, because... Oh, nice. You, you've been sit so I didn't think this would be number one, but it's because I've probably played it more than any other Mario and it's Super Mario Brothers 3. Which is funny, because I didn't own an NES. But it still ended up being the Mario game I played the most, because everyone else owned it. So I, whenever I was anywhere... So not the Mario All-Stars version, but the original version? The, the original NES version, because I just remember playing that. Like Anyone I knew oh, yeah. had an NES had Super Mario Brothers 3. And it's like, no... Yeah, we, a lot of the stuff I said about Super Mario World could be said about Mario Brothers 3. It had plenty of secrets. They didn't have alternate exits, I don't think. To the but they I don't did think it have did. plenty of like like you get the warp whistle and you have that little secret where like you drop behind the scenery 
in a couple of levels. Or when you There's get at the, least two levels. The hammer hmm? to get the rocks. Yeah, the hammer to get the rocks, exactly. And then the the other thing was... I didn't beat was, that game for the first time until like two years ago. And that's the thing. I, I, never, I didn't beat I that until I was an adult. It. You know, and Mario 3 always felt like the... Like Mario World, I beat. I didn't get all the levels, but I beat it. But Mario 3 always seemed like the the one that I hadn't got through yet. And, and like, yeah. I, I'm meticulous with platformers, so I'm like, no, they made these levels. I need to play every single level, so... And that box art is iconic too. Like oh, yeah. I got that might be the best Mario box art. It's definitely the most iconic. Mar- well, maybe the first Mario Brothers game where he's jumping over the bricks there. That's pretty yeah, iconic. I'd but put, put three over. Yeah. What else is there? I can't even think of the box art for two. Oh, he's got the the, the radish. Turn. Yeah. Turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Super, yeah, he's I in mean, the cape. World, the he's one. on Yoshi, but... He's on Yoshi, yeah. He's got the cape, too, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got the cape on Yoshi. And, yeah, everything from... Mario 64 box arts him with the, the wing cap. Yep. We can keep going. Yeah, none of this is as iconic as the third game, though. That is definitely the most iconic Mario box art. So, I'm, I get... What dethroned Mario 64 so number one and you're going to realize immediately that you should have known my number one Mario game is Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars yeah okay that should have been obvious to me (laughs) because it's quite possibly my favorite video game period (laughs) and the reason I say that is I've been telling you this a lot lately is like when I finished you remember when I finished the Spyro trilogy on my Switch? Yeah. I said, you know, it was good, but I can't help but think I would have rather spent that time playing, playing Mario 64. I'm playing Mario RPG, uh, again. Mario RPG again. Yeah. And it's like every time I finish a game now, that's like the metric I measure it against. It's like that game was fun, but would I have rather spent that time playing Mario RPG again. <laughs> and it's like every time I play a game that's not Mario RPG, it's almost like I'm wasting video game time and I'm cuz I only have a finite amount of video game hours in me. Yeah. No, that's another one I didn't beat it till probably 2-3 years ago, but again, I don't know if I've ever 100%ed it either, which I've beaten that game I mean, I don't want to exaggerate, but, like, I've beaten Mario RPG probably seven or eight times. Like, not a crazy amount, but I've never 100%ed it. I don't think I've ever gotten all the hidden chests. Okay. And uh, I'm sure there's other stuff I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but, yeah, definitely still a goal to go back and 100% that game because... It's got so much charm to it. Like, this year I played Earthbound for the first time. And I get why people hold Earthbound in such high regard. Because it's got a very similar writing style. When I played it, I was like, this is a lot like Mario RPG. the, The sense of humor it has. And they tried carrying that forward to the Paper Mario games. And it works to varying degrees. Like, the first Paper Mario, it works really well. Origami King... 
the best thing about that game is the writing. <laughs> Some of the gameplay kind of falls apart. But, yeah, the writing is amazing. The music, everything you would want from a game. And, I, and it's got the nostalgia factor, too. Like, I remember playing through that game for the first time. And I remember there's like a, a, a the puzzle in the ocean. I think the solution is pearls, and it gives you the the letters all scrambled up, and you got to figure out what the password is. And I remember writing the the letters on the piece of paper and trying to like unscramble the word and figure out what the password was. And I miss that, to that too. <laughs> it's too easy to look everything up now. Yeah. I, yep. The thing I think's really great about Mario RPG is the fact that we even made it work. Because that's such a dumb concept on paper. Most Mario games are, actually. <laughs> but yeah. So we're going to take a 2D side-scroller, but we're going to make it an RPG. Like, what? <laughs> and it looks gorgeous, too. Like, the graphics hold up to this day. Yeah, they do. The, the little isometric camera thing yep. they do where you can walk around. It, it still looks good to this day, which not every Super Nintendo game does. I would say it actually holds up better visually than Donkey Kong Country. I could see that because you can definitely see the FX chip like doing doing its effect thing. Like you can you can tell around the borders of objects and stuff for Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. It's Donkey Kong Country is another one of those games so it's got a very distinct look to it. But yes, I should have realized that was number 1 and I, I keep waiting for them to remake it because you'll be the first one to buy every copy. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that it's ever going to happen. I just hope, 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 hope it ends up on the Switch Super Nintendo channel at some point. Even though I know, well, they put it on the SNES Mini, so they did. It's possible, but I doubt it because. I don't know. They've been Square's been making a lot of stuff for Switch, so I could see them figuring it out. Yeah, maybe it could, maybe it could go in the eShop. I would buy it on the eShop. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe on the next Nintendo system. <laughs> They're going to put the Switch it U on the eShop for $60 <laughs> and you're like, "No, that's a reasonable price." <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> uh yeah. No, they'll they'll figure it out. They'll find another way to get it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen the last of Super Mario RPG. It's got too much of a following. So yeah, it's a pretty good Mario list, and, and yeah, from Mario Clash to Mario RPG. So that that's quite the gambit. <laughs> so and everything in between, because we had Mario Odyssey. Like we had lots of 3D Marios. Lots of side-scrolly Marios. Lots of RPG Marios. We had a Mario Kart. We didn't have any Mario... Oh, I did honorable mentions. Let me get my phone. I forgot. So, honorable mentions. I don't know if you did any of these. But these were ones that almost made my list. Mario Party. I just couldn't figure out which one. But I love the Mario Party yeah. series. I'm a big fan of it. So, I was. that's honorable mention... I already talked about how I love Mario Party 2, how they get in their little costumes, so it probably would have been that, but I love both of the ones that are on Switch, too, like the newest ones, so I don't know. New Super Mario Brothers Wii U? No. Nah, nah, I, 
I'm not a fan Close of that calls. game. No, I love it. Again, nostalgia. It brings me back to the days of the Wii U, <laughs> which are longer ago than you think. It was a dark time. Paper Mario also almost made my list, but obviously I went with Mario RPG over it. It's a lot of the same ground there. Yeah, I still got to play Paper Mario. I know that's on the online. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Give it. It's one of those ones that gets better as you go, just like most RPGs. Yeah. Like, it's it, the territory, basically. You, yeah. Once you have all the mechanics, once you're through all the tutorials, then it really takes off. And those are all my honorable mentions. Yeah, I didn't have story. any honorable mentions because... I mean, Melee, can you consider that a Mario game? I mean... Yeah. I don't think so, no. You're right. <laughs> but, like, one of our favorite things to play on the N64 online is Mario Golf. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I prefer that over the Switch version. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember I, I've tried to get into Mario Golf a few times. I just think the only golf game I can really do is Golf Story. That was a good game. I enjoyed that. Sports Story should have been out by now. It was in the last Nintendo Direct for the uh, the indie games. It's coming out next year. Oh, good. Oh, that um, Mario Strikers on Wii, I guess, would be an honorable mention because I played a lot of that. Again... Who wins in a soccer game, Mario or Mega Man? Because Mega Man had Mega Man soccer, remember? Probably Mario because he has three of the games and Mega Man only got one. That's true. But again, I prefer the Wii version over the Switch version. Didn't the, did they do a Mario baseball at one point? They or did. Something? That sounds familiar. I'm going to look that they up. They did that on GameCube and on Wii. That sounds good. Why didn't I play that? I don't know. He's never done basketball that I know of. Uh, Yeah. There was a 3DS or DS, one of them. Man. Football? <laughs> Has never done a football. <laughs> All right. Nintendo Therapy exclusive. Mario football. American football, we should say. In case anyone's listening in another country. Because we know Mario Strikers is a thing. Uh, Mario, American, or they could play Australian rules football. They could play Mario Canadian football. (laughs) Mario football. Bowser dominates. (laughs) I bet if they made that, it'd be the lowest selling Mario sports game ever. Yeah. They definitely did bowling. Um, What else do they got on there? It's another sport. Tennis. I don't know. We're not just going to keep listing the end. It's definitely Mario Tennis. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, we're, we're done with this. All right, so clearly we're done. Let's thank our Patreons uh, one last time. Did I mention that this is our last episode of this? Uh, I think I did at the top when I did that whole speech. So, yeah, we're going to be shutting down the Patreon at the end of this month. Thank you all very much for supporting us. And I'm going to be thanking on the main feed as well. On Ninja Turtle Nerds, uh, everybody, pretty soon. I don't know if this goes... Yeah, this it'll be 
not Monday's episode, but the Monday after that, I think. It will anyway. be in a post-Pokemon world. Yes. Thank everybody for su- helping us and supporting us, and thank you for helping us find that we love talking about Nintendo and want to turn that into a secondary podcast. So thank you to Noe, Lenny Not Dead, Ian, Rob Luther, Luis Diaz, Naris Corpse, and Janky Zipper. You guys have a special place in our hearts, and when we relaunch the Patreon, when we eventually do have like a thousand listeners, we hope to see you there. So, and we hope to see you on Nintendo Therapy when we launch that. Stay tuned to Ninja Turtle Nerds, because I'm sure we'll be announcing it there. So, thank everybody. Good night and good luck.